Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor's Storyline and Editing Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. And today we are discussing episode six of Survivor, David vs. Goliath. Aren't brochachos just adorable? Another quote almost said by Christian. Almost said but, by uh, Christian. Yeah, uh, on the first watch, I was 100% sure. I was like, are you serious? Five out of six now? Or uh, four out of six now, or, uh, Christian? But uh, Dan actually says this. Uh, it's just on a shot of Christian, subtitled. Yeah. Yeah, so he's super involved with it still. Just like it wasn't actually him saying it, so. Yeah. I also think this, I, again, uh, I think this is a weak uh, episode title. I actually, when I was watching the episode... I figured it was going to be Angelina's, like, uh, it was bittersweet. She's bitter, and now that she's gone, it's really sweet. Like, I really, like that, that's a much better episode title. That's what I would have picked. Um, I don't know. I didn't know it until I rewatched today, and then I saw it, and I was like, well, that's going to be a mouthful to say. It's, I, I mean, we've had Charmpocalypse, now we have Brochachos in the title. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, and I mean, I guess one positive of this kind of episode title is, like, if you're ever doing Survivor trivia in, like, 2022, uh, and the episode, and they're like, what season is Aren't Brochachos Just Adorable from? You'll be able to probably get a good guess of not only the season, but kind of the general area where it's going to be. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think this was a pretty good episode. I, I, I think it might be one of the weaker ones, but in a way that's, like, fine. Like... Yeah, uh, I, I think it's the weakest of the season so far, but it's still not bad. It was yeah, like still lots of interesting, weird things going on. Like I'm really admiring the editor's commitment to when it's a more quote unquote boring tribal to actually just developing the characters, uh, because that's what you should do. Um, that's like uh, so much better than like other seasons where they try like. Other seasons would try to make this, like, this crazy back-and-forth thing, like, all about strategy. And this wasn't a very strategic episode at all. No. They, this, yeah. Lots of, like, character moments. And, I mean, with a tribe of four, that's pretty evenly split. And it really is just each side trying to get the others, one person to vote with them. There's not a lot of room for it, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what they did. But I do think something that's very good about it is, in the meantime, they managed to develop stories like Angelina wasn't our boot, but they were like they were willing to use the fact that Angelina was going to be the decoy boot to set up more for long term stories. Um, I think most specifically the whole Nick being like, which I think was a greatest of all timeline, like a really good um thing to throw out there is like, if she's willing to do this for a jacket, what she's willing to do for a million dollars is I think the final uh, little nugget of information we needed to finally be like yeah angelina is our villain um yeah it's uh, angelina is definitely in the villain category now um yeah she had her final heel turn here you know what i mean like it's been building and now finally she's next episode she's gonna emerge full villain yeah um and so like i i love the commitment of taking these smaller moments making them into bigger moments for the characters for the audience so that's not just the episode where it was angelina or lyrsa and angelina lived it's the episode of, yeah, Lyrsa left, who cares? This is, the, this is the story of the rise of the evil Van Angelina. Yep, definitely. And even to an extent where it's literally like, we thought Angelina was maybe going farther, but it could be Angelina next episode, and I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's the thing is like, and I guess it's really fun to see now that this is the end of our pre-merge and like almost all of our main developed really interesting characters are still here. And what a delight that is. Like, I can honestly see a end game comprised of just about anybody here. Um, and that's super fascinating. Like, no one left. Honestly, even Allison at this point finally has a story. Every, I would say everyone left has a story. And that's incredible. Um, yeah. The fact that because of that, I could see literally anybody making up the final six. And that is super cool. Yeah, at this point, I definitely feel it's anyone's game. I think it might start to stratify pretty quickly. I think I mentioned mm-hmm. that last episode where I thought, yeah, it's been exciting pre-merge, but I think it could turn really not exciting really fast. Um, I wish the pre-merge would have been longer. I feel like... Yeah, it's it was, a little weird um, to be going episode 7 into the merge. And part of that is also that there are only four tribal councils right four five five sorry but it just feels like not enough happened yeah because like and not only that like i think the one knock you could kind of say on this season is i don't think we got a so far a good tribal other than the jessica boot like everyone's been kind of strategically kind of boring like jeremy nine one uh lirsa three one uh, Natalie effectively 4-1. Like, there wasn't ever really a tribal where something really exciting happened, other than that, uh, Jessica boot, where it was divided. Well, there, um, d- there was the, who went home? Natalia. Uh, tribal. yeah, true, true, okay, but yeah, that's even good still, point. Yeah. Alec, like, Alex, our most interesting, uh, It felt like everyone right now. was stuck in their place still. There's yes. no big, there's no live tribals even though that you can say that's a bad thing, but like it feels very set in stone from the moment you start tribal to the vote. Yeah, with the obvious exception of the Alec one, which I guess props to us for saying that Alec would be a fun strategic force in the game preseason. Um, uh, <laughs> we we called that, but yeah, I think like strategically maybe it's not the strongest season, but when it's not the strongest strategically, they're perfectly fine to just set up stories, and that's what makes Survivor super fun, um, and that's why I'm loving the season. Also, again, I think the challenges in this episode were super strong, um, which, honestly, in Modern Survivor isn't super common, but, like, this, that one where they were transporting the water was awesome, because it was, like, a different set of skills than you normally see in these Survivor challenges. Yeah, and even with their first, um, the, or the reward challenge, it was something we've seen before, but they put this interesting twist on it, where they just have someone clipped to, like, this heavy bag of coconuts, and you have to deal with that. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Um, it was really, really crushing to see Jabeni in that immunity challenge. Yeah, they had no chance at all. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's the way Survivor goes. I A lot of challenges could be like that, and I guess we're fortunate that not so many go that way. So Yeah, and I actually think it's a, a good thing about the challenge here is this is another example of something good in the season where uh, them failing so hard in that challenge was 100% a pop-off of uh, the story that Mike kind of laid out a couple episodes ago in his confessional where he's like, this is the tribe comprised of the most David of the Davids or whatever. Um, that that finally gets its uh, payoff here where they just, they could have done that challenge a thousand times and Jeff Probst would still be making fun of them. Like, I don't think they ever could have finished. Um, yeah. And that's a fun payoff that 
clearly they built that foreshadow in. Uh, obviously, it's not this giant payoff in the end, but it's a fun little payoff that, if you're paying attention, look, it uh, it pops off in an interesting way. And I think that's, again, another testament to how great the season's been so far. Yep. Uh, shall we move on to our stories? Absolutely. Uh, so, I don't know. Do we have anything new to bring to the table in terms of stories? I feel like it's leading off old ones, and we'll get to those, but no new stories that I can think of? Yeah, I don't think we have, like, I think we have individual people's new stories, but um, they've more or less been flopping into these other categories. Like, multiple times in this episode, I was like, oh my goodness, Allison just emerged in this one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> multiple times I was like, oh my god, that is the empathy theme. That is the... Um, yeah. Like, finally now we're getting people kind of sorting into their own, like, little buckets. Um, there's probably also, like, the only theme I could maybe think that was added is that we should have been paying attention to, maybe, is something about hard work at camp or something like that. Uh, we get that with Pat at the start and Carl and Davey, and then it pays off kind of here with that Elizabeth-Carl-Davey thing. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter a huge amount, but there's definitely something to, uh, Carl and Davey, or Carl specifically referring to Nick as lazy in the first episode, and now kind of looking sort of lazy. Uh, there's probably something there. But other than that, I didn't really key into brand new stories. Yeah. Um, so the first one, which we sort of, I think, caught on to last episode and is now very prevalent, um, is the idea of social charm versus being socially awkward. Um, I actually saw someone on our edge of talking about this, how, like, Lyrsa mentions charm at the tribal council, so, and Angelina's, I don't know what you call it, like, stump speech for Nick, which is so weird, um, is all about how charming Nick is, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we continue to see more and more people basically stick their, um, flag in which side they're on, um, and I think that's really fascinating. Uh, I think a lot of our endgame characters are gonna have they're either going to be socially awkward or socially charming. Um, and I, I love that it's still not clear who's um, who's going to win here. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting that socially awkward is being basically uh, positioned as a trait equally as good in the game of Survivor as socially charming. Because um, it's not something you would normally think of. But when you look at how well the nerd archetype tends to do in these things, maybe that maybe has a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that, though, is... People like to describe themselves as socially awkward, and it gives them a really neat kind of charm almost. Mm-hmm. Does that, like, <laughs> make sense? Where, like, if you think about your Cochran, he's someone who seems very awkward, but is actually really compelling and kind of funny. So, like... Yeah. And, like, Christian in this episode, right? Like, that was his absolutely. whole story is, I used to be socially awkward, and, like, I've always been scared of being ostracized, but now I'm working that into a way to be uh, charming. And being ex- included and with the guys and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think it's just very fascinating to see, like, even even Gabby started, like, kind of edging more into the charming category in this episode when she's been kind of the spokesperson of the socially awkward uh, motif here. Um, we're really getting, like, a group of people who are charming, a group of people who are awkward, and a group of people who are both. Um, yep. And that's fascinating. Yes. It's... It's a theme I don't remember, like, being so big 
Like, it's clearly there, and it's clearly in so many people's. Like, you have Elizabeth, who, like, does something that looks really awkward and not the greatest socially, but she has a good reason for it. And, like, her Mm -hmm. bonding with Kara really quick. Lots of interesting things going on with this theme. Yes, especially, like, I think that's especially notable where Kara is based... If there is a voice of the charming, it's Kara. The naturally charming, quote-unquote. Um... It's Kara, and her and Elizabeth kind of bonding over her awkwardness is also kind of interesting there. Uh, This is 100% going to pay off in an interesting way down the line. I just, I feel like we still don't have, we're missing some jigsaw pieces to figure out what it means. Yeah, this is a great, I guess, final tribal council piece. Yeah, it's coming up at tribal. Either just basic social charm as an advantage they had starting the game. Um, turning into a person who is more socially charming, um, either yeah, of those I, things. So. I guess my, um, my, so, like, I think traditionally that being awkward would be kind of dragged down a lot more. Yeah. So, I guess my kind of theory is maybe at Final Tribal Council, people who are naturally charming, which is how Jeff initially uh, proposed it, and how Kara refers to herself, um, and m- many other people refer to themselves as naturally charming. Maybe that's held against them. I think that's very possible. Uh, because I think it's super weird that socially awkward is being shown as an equal quality when, like, it kind of isn't. Like, e- if you are awkward and you're charming because of it, you're start- still naturally charming. That's kind of not, like, it is what they're saying, but it's not. Uh, so I could definitely see someone who is naturally charming lose in the end compared to in the past when that normally happens. Yeah, I'm thinking of an interesting piece fitting into this is Angelina, who I think does a lot of her stuff in a very conventionally charming way, but it doesn't work out. Like, she puts on that stump speech for Nick. She's very polite when she asks (laughs) for Natalie's jacket, and, like, polite otherwise, but she's turning into this villain, so I think that's something to look at going forward. Yes. My current theory is that socially awkward is going to win. Yeah. Uh, someone who's socially awkward is going to win and not socially charming. But yeah. still hard to sell. Uh, so next up, uh, the sort of turning your strengths into advantages, making the best of a bad situation um, sort of theme. And I think the number one example here in this episode is Kara, who has Elizabeth and Dave. Elizabeth's back hurts. Um, Davey and Carl are sleeping or whatever on the shelter. And then we get that wonderful confessional of Kara being like, I don't care which one wins out. Either way, they're going to go after each other and not me. Um, because I'm charming, I'm just going to sit back and eat my popcorn or whatever. Um, I think that was 100% the biggest moment of that here um, in this episode. was just Kara turning that situation into a massive advantage in her game. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any moments where... Um, people's lives come into play in the uh, challenges um, and not any other big moments. Um, Christian keeps getting weird moments where he has this whole moment about fishing, even though it's just like a weird explanation of it. I think we'll get into that more when we discuss Christian. It's not necessarily like a prior advantage though, but he does. No, have- yeah, that was just a, like, that was a strange scene. Like, cause you leave the scene and you basically learn nothing other than a funny... It's, like, almost just a comedy scene. You learn the basics of Survivor fishing. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, 
Christian is describing it, and then Gabby will pop in and be like, wow, your nose is real squashed. Yeah. And it's just, it's very, like, weird and cute, and, like, we're on season 37, and they're like, here's how you fish in Survivor. And I didn't know what to make of it. I still don't. Yeah, I think there's just, I think they're just having a lot of fun with the idea of, like, the nerdy-looking people doing the outdoorsy stuff. I'm pretty sure that's, like, all to take from that scene. And, like, Gabby's and also so, that I think Gabby's so enthusiastic about it. Like, it's yes. day, like, 17, and it's very strange, but good. And, yeah, like, um, I guess maybe the flip side of this is Elizabeth kind of making the worst of a bad situation um, yeah. in this episode, um, which obviously continues to be bad for Elizabeth. I think there's so many... I think this is, like, the episode where Elizabeth finally just, like launched off a cliff in terms of uh, <laughs> long-term chances of staying here. Uh, yeah, like... Yeah. So this all ties into, like, David versus Goliath, where Davids are supposed to be using their prior advantages to overcome the discrepancy between what looks like... I don't, what's the word? Like, raw advantage, I guess? Mm-hmm. Um, like, natural, natural talent kind of thing. Natural talent, yeah. Um, but we see especially in this episode, they're trying to subvert that and smash them together. And um, you see Christian just come out and say, I am turning into a Goliath. Yes. Continues his weird episode. I think it's super fascinating that we're seeing some people go from Goliath kind of to David, uh, notably John. Uh, Whereas now we literally have the confessional of Christian saying he is a Goliath now. Um yeah, and for a season that's been pretty negative on the Goliath as a whole, I feel like this is really bad for people who are turning into Goliaths. Um, I think so. I don't know. Um, you have Allison s- sort of breaking down the mm-hmm. David and Goliath ideas. I mean, that was all of Jabeni in theory. I mean, they didn't end up doing that really, but well, yeah, the I guess... Jabeni tribe is the David tribe of the Swap tribes. Is basically. The story the, we were sold. That too, but where they're supposed to be split 2-2, two, two, um, it's not necessarily talked about in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole tribal is framed as what three people want to make an alliance going into the merge. And I actually think it's super fascinating that the person who... So we have four characters on that tribe. Uh, three of them don't mention David and Goliath. The one that does mention David and Goliath is the one who goes home. Um, Lears is the one who is staunch about sticking with, uh, Nick because he's a David and that's who goes home. Uh, and I think that's saying a lot about the season as a whole. Um, and we also saw that with, uh, Natalie. Yes. Who was Goliath strong. And Natalia. And Natalia who, yeah. So they're crushing that really quickly. Yes. Um, the preview showed all sorts of people. Well, I guess Alec flipping on the Goliath's pretty quick, but I'm sure there's more behind him. 100%. So. And that's actually, when we, we mentioned uh, no new stories, I actually did add one here that I forgot about, uh, which we've been kind of tracking this whole time under Nick's per- personal story, but I actually think it's just a story of the season. Um, we've had Nick and Nick multiple times, and now multiple other people, including Allison, mentioned that uh, a David can't win this game without a Goliath and vice versa. Um, and I think this season's been telling us the whole time that there's no way this season is going under, uh, David versus Goliath terms at all, partly for what we were just saying of anyone being hard on 
David or Goliath looking terrible. Like, our biggest yeah. spokespeople for pro-David right now are, like, Elizabeth. And our biggest spokespeople for pro-Goliath are Natalie, uh, Natalia. <laughs> um, yeah, like, all the people who are staunchly on one tribe thing go home. All the people who are looking, like, captivating long-term characters are the ones who are intermingling. Um, which is the one scary thing about Gabby until this episode. Yes, that's the, <laughs> that's, yeah, sure. That's the only scary thing. Oh, uh, one we'll of the, one of the scary later. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. There's many problems. One of the problems with Gabby. Oh yeah, for sure. And next up we got, uh, our whole empathy versus looking out for yourself theme, which I think was super prevalent in this episode. Uh, when I was watching the Allison Gabby scene, there's like Allison literally like uses almost the exact wording uh, that we have here of she's a very empathetic person. That's her greatest skill as a doctor, uh, and that's why she thinks her and Gabby will work out long term. Um, so I think that's super fascinating that we like literally saw that. And then the actual drama of the entire episode, the sort of story of the episode, was like should Nick and Lyrsa or Mike and Angelina. Uh, stick together or stay alive and look after yourself. Uh, so this whole thing was kind of, this whole episode was kind of based around this theme. And see, you just like circled around the whole Elizabeth uh, really looking up for herself while All true. everyone, like, she wanted to get this thing done and she didn't like take anyone's opinions into account, even though she says that like they weren't ever going to fix it, but like, she just starts it really late in the day and while everyone's napping. So her project of cutting the bamboo, um, I think that's another great example. So, yeah, it's here. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, you can even parallel that even more into Kara's thing where she doesn't take a side. She cho- she basically does not choose to empathize with either side and instead just merely looks at it for herself as the fireworks go on. Um, and I think that's also... Uh, tied in here like this is an episode all about this theme it's clearly front and center there's still not not really a side i think empathies if you're gonna take a shot is probably the winning one but um this is clearly a contrast they're putting in of like some people do this some people do that one of these is better uh and we actually honestly like we see elizabeth succeed when she looks after lyrsa um her friend Lears is in trouble. She t- decides to empathize with her and save her. Success for Elizabeth. Now she tries to look out for herself. Everyone hates Elizabeth. Um, so there's the contrast there. Yeah. I think it really threw me off when it was Allison's story to tell, someone we haven't seen before. But um, if Gabby is a long-term character, which even if I don't think she's winning, I think that's a likely possibility. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. So yeah, this episode did a lot, honestly, for me to buy into both Allison and Gabby's long-term chances. Um, I kind of thought Allison would be kind of an early pre or early merge boot kind of thing, but now I kind of think she might just be that like like quieter person who's like like maybe her duo is Gabby, and that's why she hasn't had any relationship shown really, and she's kind of like one of those late but quiet people. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so. I think it's actually pretty good that is coming from Allison, who kind of has, I think, some longevity. I think so. I mean, I'm really not sure. It's such a... I hope not. Like, 
if there were better episodes before this, like this is a great episode for Allison, but it's so weird that there's not, I don't know, maybe like her voice is just too grating or something. I don't know. Honestly, it's because she talks like a doctor. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching it, like she sounds like a doctor. Like she's very kind of clinical. And like even in this moment, it, like it, it was a huge, powerful moment for like one of our most emotional characters. And I didn't really feel anything. Like Gabby's my favorite by far, and it's kind of like a meaningless little confessional. Uh, I feel like there's just no power behind what she's saying, and that's I think why it kind of works out like that. She's kind of been that way, and also if she is gonna be. Gabby's kind of sidekick. She's kind of more of an alpha personality. So if That's she's true. kind of the beta to Gabby, uh, it makes a lot of sense that they keep her quiet so that it doesn't kind of confuse the audience. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where Allison goes. <laughs> Hopefully to right to the end. Uh, <laughs> Winner my absolute favorite. of season 37. I guess relevant to this is from the start, there's been this overwhelming like, girls as the underdog theme um and we have another girl duo set up in this episode in allison and gabby and kind of in Kara and elizabeth um which is fascinating and even in some ways you even have the angelina and lyrsa connection where angelina tries to like extend the olive branch to a fellow latina female um and it gets kind of shoved in her face but it still shows that angelina that is a priority for angelina as a way to remind the audience what angelina's priorities are yeah that's very true i mean now we're at a 13 person merge and we only have five women left but all five of them are in some sort of relationship with another woman in the game um yeah other like angelina's on her own right now but she was talking with allison earlier about ankara and Kara about girl power. So we'll yep. see where it goes from here. It's still really like hard to believe what that will coalesce into, but yeah, I can kind of see it too, which is the weird thing, right? Like Angelina's with Allison. So she has that connection. She's also with Kara. So that means Kara's with Allison. Gabby's with Allison. So like you, you can kind of see that five or that f- those four anyway, kind of, molding together then on top of that elizabeth is with Kara, but elizabeth and gabby don't get along so there's like nuance in that group too um and i mean if angelina is going to be targeting christian how's that going to work with gabby it's strange but like i see glimpses of it yeah i really do think it's going to come up in some capacity um probably spearheaded by angelina um but obviously, if it's being spearheaded by Angelina, it's probably not good for the other girls. Yeah. But at the same time, I still, like, in my heart of hearts, feel like a girl is winning. Um, despite, honestly, the only one who I... There's only two who I think it's even really possible. Um, but something about that first episode just feels so wrong if a guy wins. And I don't know if Survivor's that tone deaf. So, because, like, as of right now... Uh, we have, like, five advantages being found, and um, they've all been guys. Hmm, yeah. And in the first episode, we get a confessional about how it, that should change, and it's unfair, and it just feels like that would be incredibly tone-deaf to just have a guy win, and, and <laughs> all, only guys find all the idols. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out, because with the merge, we should be seeing a new idol pretty soon and if that one goes to a 
a boy. I'm going to be very confused. Yeah, it's either the story of... Because, like, on the flip side, we also have the story of, like, Mike being, like, yeah, having an idol's powerful, but knowing where the idol is is even more powerful. So if those two things are in kind of connection, things could be really good for the girls. Um, If it's an ironic theme, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I guess now with Dan entering the merge where he'll rekindle with his sweet Kara... He'll be able to give one to Kara, and maybe that's the start of something. I don't know. It could be. On to our other group, the nerds, which really ties into that socially awkward thing. I mean, they're still Mm. out there trying to learn how to fish and stuff, so... (laughs) Those dang nerds with their spears. Yeah, Yeah. like, it's clearly a theme. Um, We have so many characters referring to themselves as nerds still. Um... It kind of took a back burner other than that fishing scene this week, I think. I think it's really starting to merge with just... They're maybe using nerds as a one-word way to symbolize social awkwardness. Yes. And so I could see those easily combining. And, yeah, it's important to remember that Gabby introduced us uh, to herself as a nerd whisperer um, in the first episode, which I think will remain to be very important for the rest (laughs) of the season. Um, But, yeah, like, we have a lot of people who are nerds, nerd whisperers, black nerds, like, all kinds of stuff, closet nerds. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, like, I just feel like we're going to continue to see this kind of stuff. Um, And there's still no real clarity. I I do think someone – and also, like, honestly, all of our major contenders are honestly in this group, too. Yeah. So – yeah, it sure. is kind of the story of the nerds winning. It's like Revenge of the Nerds this season. Yeah. Uh, that final story is like the named alliances that are going around. Um, that are just adorable. Uh, yeah, the Rochatos, which I guess we've been focusing on Nick and his preponderance of them, but the Rochatos have are here to stay. It seems mm-hmm. um, they are just adorable, but I think. They're not so great in terms of the edit. Like, yeah, they're very obvious. They're very over the top. They're talking about it in public. Yeah, they're feeding each other. It's very weird. Yeah, I really do think that um, like the Brochachos will not last, but Slam Town will. Um, I think that's gonna be something important moving forward, but it's hard to tell. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's. We're walking into this merge with, like, nine named alliances. Uh, and they're all still here. No one who's in the named alliance has gone home. Um, yeah. Or turned on each other at all. So, like, it's something to note. It's still predominantly Nick's story. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, there's a bunch of them now, too. Uh, which makes things super interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see where that story goes. Because I think next episode it's going to have to come front and center. Where Nick has a thoroughbreds with Elizabeth and uh, Mason Dixon with Christian and uh, rock stars with Mike, um, all of these are going to kind of have to come front and center. And I think next episode is going to be really fun because of all this weird nuance going on with all these relationships. Yeah, I think the thing I always hope for with a merge episode is it really does play on all these relationships that need to be revisited or need to mm-hmm. hold true. And a lot of times it just quickly like turns into two sides and i get that that 
it's a first past the post voting system. That's what needs to happen. But I wish, because like these people are talking to one another regardless of what sides they end up on. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would spend more time just dealing mm-hmm. with individual relationships. Like yeah, I do think they've done that with um, Vuku a lot, where Vuku looks like this easy three David two Goliath split, but all they keep talking about is how maybe uh, David needs to go, or maybe Alex should go before Kara, or all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the only thing there is, I think there's a chance we do get this super interesting thing that like you're wanting. Because, like, Christian and Nick are established as a duo, but then Nick doesn't like Gabby, but Christian loves Gabby. And Gabby likes uh, Allison, but Christian doesn't really like Allison. And I feel like you get all, like, there is this, like, um, almost, like, maze of one-on-one relationships that they've actually shown us. Um, Which I think gives me some faith that we're actually going to get one of these, like, really cool, nuanced like, kind of really flippy merges. Like, I know you're a little soft on the excitement of the merge. I'm actually really high because of the way they've set up this story. Of uh, There's a lot of people who are going to have to pick between two people because there's no way Christian, Gabby, and Nick are working together. You don't think so? I think Nick could be okay with Gabby for a bit. I really hope not because I think that setup is so good with Nick selling her under the bus and it, it kind of fading into the background, like... I, I think it would be really cool if it pops back up and it's, like, a choice thing. And, like, that'd be very fun. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I just hope so. Like, there's, there is a lot of interesting things going on. I've just been... Like, I think I felt this with Triple H, where there are so many relationships, and then it quickly sort of fell into old tribe lines and... Yes. Not... Yeah, and honestly, only, like, two of them mattered, like... I do think the big like the I think there is a lot of similarities of this season to Triple H. I think this is almost like I personally never really liked Triple H um because I thought everything felt very transparent like while it was a very balanced edit uh uh what's his name? Uh ben. the dirty guy. Ryan, oh, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan and Chrissy's relationship was clearly in my opinion from like episode 1 like final 6 at minimum. And then, like, Chrissy's episode two with Ben was there. Like, I think the duos were too obvious. Uh, and where they, like, the complex duos were too obvious, in my opinion. And it really hurt my enjoyment because, at least for me, it felt like I knew who was in the final, like, five after episode two with pretty co- pretty high confidence. Whereas this one, like, like I said, like, I could see it going honestly anyway. I don't know. I think if this... We could maybe say retrospectively that it was not great. Like, if you have, like, Christian, Gabby, Nick, uh, John, and someone else there in the final five, I think you can argue the same thing. Like, those are people who have relationships. They're all the complex people. And even though you have pairings like Carl and Davey or, like, Elizabeth and, like, Nick, I guess, like, they obviously weren't at the forefront. And... Mm -hmm. I, I do agree with that. I just think, like, there was only a couple... Like, there's only a few extra duos made in Triple H, and they were all kind of shown badly. Whereas, like, even this one, like, even if it is that group, I think it is less obvious because I could see the alternative. Whereas, I honestly, I couldn't really see the alternative of, like, Chrissy was 100% there, Ryan was 100% there, Devin was 100% there, and then it was, like, Mike, Ben, 
there's like a, there's like three people who maybe could have been added there. Whereas like, I could see a lot of these people leaving pretty early that seem like late gamers. Like in my head when I'm like going through people, often I'm like, oh, that guy's definitely in the final six. That guy's definitely, and I'm at like ten people, and <laughs> like, I don't think that's been true for Triple H, which is I think kind of like the test bed of this kind of editing format. I don't know. We'll have to see. And I guess I kind of mm-hmm. undermined my own argument when I was like, yeah, it's going to be these five people. And then I only listed four. So there's <laughs> going to be some surprises there for sure. So. So when- I guess with the end of the pre-merge, um, a very common sort of edric technique is the usage of complex tribe theory. Um, and so we've, we're this week we're going to kind of talk about the tribes and I, I personally think the order of the most complexity to least complexity. Um, if I were to kind of throw a dart at a wall and guess, um, generally the theory is that um, who the winner will always be on the tribe that has shown the most complexity. Meaning the relationships are the most nuanced. Um, they get the most scenes that are not immediately relevant. Um, and I personally think that the swap tribe that is the complex tribe is Tiva. Do you agree? I do. Well, I think every season I'm going to say this, so I'm like, this is the season that is going to throw the complex tribe theory out the window. Yep. And Every season I, it's not. I really want it to be, though, because, I mean, I like Tiva's characters, but I feel like these are maybe the least exciting paths to the end. I even, agree. Like, I do think something interesting about this season is we've gotten a lot more people talking about other people and other tribes than normal. Um, yeah. Like the obvious example is John t- Christian talking about John. Um, but then now we have Dan talking about Kara on this tribe all the time. Um, and I guess the thing is, is like the reason complex tribe theory works is they want the audience to like understand where the winner is, like who they're close to um, and also like what groups likely going to make up a lot of the end game, that kind of thing. Um, so I think there is a chance that with that cross tribe talking that it's a little bit more complicated. Um, that said, it's always fun to be like, what if complex tribe theory doesn't work? Because it's the easiest way to eliminate a giant group of people. Um, and it's basically always been true with some like very minor exceptions. Um, yeah, I guess one, go ahead. You're going to, no, you go. No, you can, you need to go because I'm going to say something that's after this point. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Like, the, really the only examples that are, like, to the contrary are seasons like Palau, where the complex tribe was the tribe that went to tribal, and there's none of them in the merge, other than Stephanie. Um, just because, obviously, they're going to tribal every episode. Um, so they do have to set up all these relationships for the next episode. Um, or, like, Vanuatu, where, like, all the... like it was cast kind of in a way to be anti-male and then a guy wins. Um, there's really only like those two exceptions to the complex tribe theory thing, um, which makes it a little odd, a little dicey. I guess blood versus water as well um, because you had to set up an entire tribe of newbies. But yeah, like at the end of the day, like I'm always hoping that they go for something a little bit more nuanced. Um, I do think sometimes alliances can be the complex group, not necessarily a tribe. Uh, I think there is a good chance that that's what's going to happen this season. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see that. I don't want it to be uh, Tiva necessarily. Um, but what I was going to say is when you were talking about how 
note denoting a complex tribe can just eliminate like in this case it eliminates eight people um i feel like this episode in general has a lot of places where it makes us feel like we can eliminate certain people and we'll talk Mm -hmm. to that i know just generally i went through and made a list today and i was like what is wrong with this person's edit and i had something for everyone so that's good i yeah it's good for the season because i'm constantly like revolving between a handful of people thinking about whether their positives outweigh their negatives. Um, and then you've got these surprise people like, what if in my case, Gabby has this weird edit that's going to make it to the end or like stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. going to be all over the place for this yeah. section talking about a lot of flaws. I see, I don't have many people I want to consider as a contender. So yeah, and honestly, for me, I do think there is a little bit of weirdness, um, specifically with complex type theory this time. Um, I do think that some big knocks on Tiva are a lot of the extra scenes are just about Christian, um, which isn't super complex. Uh, a tribe like Vuku, like you mentioned earlier, has so many little weird interpersonal relationships um, of like... Davy and Carl are close, but Elizabeth doesn't like... Elizabeth likes Alec and Kara, but le- trusts Alec more, but likes Kara more. Uh, so there is a chance that, like, we could be wrong on this one, which is good. I like the fact that, honestly, I could see the argument for any of them except for Jabeni, honestly. Um, yeah. And, like, you so discredit Jabeni, but I, I don't think it's bad, per se. I think maybe they were just working with some really simplistic... Yes. Uh motivations there yeah and nick is complex enough in that like nick's the only one in that group who can realistically win even outside of that um Eh. and i think so but okay we'll get to that later but yeah yeah. we need to start on tiva with winner of survivor 37 allison definitely her best episode oh yeah this is the allison breakout which is middle of the road three yeah maybe cp3 i don't i think i put cp but yeah uh yeah, like a good like this would be a great episode if she had previous content. Um, yeah, like I if was she had any the... story whatsoever before this, great episode. And even still, like I told you, I'm crazy. I'm like, what if this is just a weird? Because Allison says it's time to start playing the game at merge, so maybe. But no, I'm not really believing that. I don't know. But yep, it's Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's not a whole lot to say. Like I think we talked about Allison a lot in our story section, just because this was her coming out party. <laughs> Um, and basically, we learned her and Gabby are going to be a duo. Um, and other than, and Allison is very clearly the beta in the relationship. Um, so that's good for Gabby, bad for Allison. But good for Allison's, like, stipend. Um, she'll be making <laughs> a lot more money, in my opinion, than I thought last week. Yeah, well, I mean, last week we thought Allison was going. And here she is. And yeah, I think she's going to be in for... A bit of time. Don't know how long, but she's got a few tribals, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I personally think she's going to come, like, seventh. That's my, yeah. that's my guess. That sounds pretty right. Or, like, I guess there's a chance she could get, like, idled out or something, but... And, yeah, my, my biggest flaw with Allison is that she didn't have a story before this episode. And yeah. And now her story is, I'm with Gabby, and that's still not super great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about Allison. Like, uh, it's good that she finally has a story. That's basically the positive. (laughs) Um, so next up we got Christian. 
someone else who doesn't we don't have a lot to say about yeah um just like another christian episode of survivor this is my hot take i genuinely think like last year last week i made my kind of conspiracy theory that christian's gonna leave in like er, like very early merge and this episode confirmed that theory to me um i think that scene while it was very touching of him becoming a goliath uh got the heartstrings pumping um was the end of his story i see Um, that I think his story was he's the nerdy guy who was Big Bang Theory at the start and managed to make everyone love him. And that's his story. I think just like we like just like I was super gung ho about Lyrsa's story being she proved she wasn't the weakest one on the David tribe. Christian's stories he proved he can make social bonds with people. He's more than he appears, as he says in the first episode. Uh, that's how he introduces himself. We now see, yes, he is more than he appears, and now he can go at any point. I see it. I think the thing that is holding me back is if when I went through and did flaws for everyone, Christian is like the least flawed by default because mm-hmm. it's still that Christian would get this edit any which way. There are specific story beats that, yeah, you're right. He's turning into a Goliath. He's getting really heroic scenes. Um, he could be like the shock merge boot, which that's fun. But like, I mean, it was spotlighted in the next time on. So. That's the I think his his biggest saving grace. Um, I would literally if I didn't see the next time on Survivor, I would be like Christian's gone next. Um, I don't think they would telegraph that. So that's I think he has a one episode of plot armor, for however that happens. But I think he's gonna be the second merge boot personally. Hmm. I'm just trying to look at the numbers and see how that because they'll have like Nick and probably by extension Mike. He'll have Gabby. My guess is still Freak Nature, uh, Medivac, or Quit, or Rocked Out, or, like, Idled Out or something. Something completely not his own. Maybe Dan accidentally idled him out. Something like that, you know? (laughs) Huh. Obviously, he could still uh, dominate our our TV for For ten more episodes or whatever, or nine. Until Christmas. Yeah, until Christmas. I just highly doubt it. Um, I really think that we are watching Nerdy Joey Amazing. I feel like Nerdy Rupert. Nerdy Rupert's also acceptable. Um, I think he's our golden boy. He's not our... I don't really think he is our nerd character. Like, he is obviously, but, like, I don't think he is that, um... Like, like I don't think he is our Cochran. I think he's our golden boy who gets, like, killed and it's gonna be really sad and then a new contender emerges. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. I mean, we see Angelina say, take out Christian. He's the heart of the Davids, how that actually plays into things. I mean, we already see Alec being like, no, don't worry. I'm, we're going to work together. But how does that work with people like, uh, Allison or Kara and Dan as a group? Just very curious. Yeah. No, like that's the thing is like, while that is my theory as of right now that Christian's leaving sooner than later, and that this episode is a clear example of them trying to get everything they can of him before he's gone, I do think there is still a chance he's our winner. Like, and it's just like a total coronation. It feels pretty obnoxious, and he's like the absolute last person I'm considering. Um, because I feel like even the people who love Christian are going to get sick of him if this keeps up. Um, but Yeah, that's true. Like I was about to say, I'm getting kind of... Like, okay, it's Christian, like... Yeah. 
this is how he is, which it's a shame because I, I like Christian so far, but I'm tiring of it, and I didn't mm-hmm. think that would happen. I do think the single best thing for Christian, though, is if you actually look at the visibility numbers, he actually isn't absurdly visible. Um, he isn't the most visible character on the season, I don't believe. Um, and he's like, he hasn't been like five, five, five every time he's been like two or three. It's just, he gets these huge moments, uh, which I guess are the best thing for his chances. Um, that maybe, I think yeah, that's one of the interesting thing is, is that a lot of the big contenders have had very consistent visibility, like no under the radars, except for John, um, Kara's there too. But that one looks more like a winner's edit, so... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the big visibility characters like Christian, Gabby, and Nick, they're all, like, big visibility, but not... It doesn't look the worst. Yes. I don't know, but you are right that Christian could have been a five visibility every episode, and he's yeah. not. He could have been Dominic, right? Like, he really easily could have been Dominic, where yeah. Dominic was a five every episode. Obviously that is because a lot of people were zeros that season every episode. So it was easier to become a five. Um, but he isn't. And there's clearly some restraint with how much they're putting him on. Um, I personally think it's because he isn't here that long. So they're just giving us the highlight reel. Uh, but that could also be them trying to craft a winner story out of, and not make him super obnoxious. I don't know. There are, like, two people I'm really considering, and Christian is one of them. I feel like I'm being really, like, edgic, strict guidelines-y this season, whereas last season I was like, what if Jenna could win? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's it. Like, we're going to get to Gabby, and I'm going to just not <laughs> do that. But, yeah, I don't know. Very, very interesting character, still unlike anything we've seen before, <laughs> but... And I'm personally still a fan, like, I think this episode was a little egregious, uh, but I think he could capture my heart again, because like, he does seem just like a very fun character. He's definitely going to play again, if they if he wants to. Oh, for sure. Um, And yeah, like, I'm trying to think of anything else story-wise. Um, yeah, like, his story is very obvious, it's super in front and center, so there's not a whole lot to say. Yeah. Other than, I guess, my hot take. Yeah. On to another brochacho. Mm -hmm. It is Dan Rangering. Who? Uh, He's a brochacho. Yeah. And he likes Uh, Kara. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget. Um, I just, those first three episodes are so bad. I just... I also think uh, Allison's coming out party, including... Now it's not a question of if I'm going to target Dan. It's a question of when I'm going to target Dan. Really bad episode, I think. Um, You generally don't want, if you're like, I just, I feel like more and more, they're clearly telegraphing Dan the Bozo going out with two idols. Going out in some stupid way. That's for sure. I could see, honestly, him idling himself out is a theory I have. He he idles to save Kara and it sends him home or something like that. Yeah. When he had two idols and he could have saved them both or something like that. He was pretty quiet in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. He talked about how great Tiva is, um, which probably adds a little bit more flame to the complex Tiva thing. um, Because what does Tiva do? They win or whatever it is that he said. Um, 
But yeah, I really don't think I can see him winning. And I'm actually seeing kind of like a groundswell support of the Dan win on like kind of like our edgeck and stuff. I don't know what those people are thinking. Not gonna lie. Sorry if you you think that uh, Dan's gonna win. I just like yeah. I feel like it's been bubbling back up, and I need to be like, okay, that first episode and that second episode, and then that third episode where he was UTR one and went to tribal council. Yeah. Like. Or that his really positive premiere is him talking about how happy he is to be with the pretty girls. Like it's. I think he's very over the top, and he like. Your winner's not going to be the guy fawning over the girls all the time. Like, they would just cut that part out. Like, yeah. he would just, like... <laughs> like, you could have easily spliced up that scene where he found the idol to just be like, everyone's looking for the idol, and it's in my pants. Not, everyone's looking for the idol, it's in my pants, and I am with and I found it with all these pretty girls, all the prettiest girls on the island. <laughs> I love Kara so much. Like, because you can tell the dude's giving strategic confessionals all the time because of the way he talks. Um... And we're instead getting the ones about how much he loves Kara. That's a huge deal breaker. And I think the people who are suddenly randomly supporting Dan should maybe look at Kara instead if you think that one of those duos is going to win. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I have problems with Kara, but, like... Yeah, like... (laughs) She's leagues ahead of Dan. Yeah. (laughs) Dan's literally literally last on my list. Um, I have Alec and Alice. Okay, uh, Alec, Alice, and Dan are interchangeable. (laughs) Maybe Dan's a little bit more likely than them, but. On to uh, your wife. Yes, my queen, my now, favorite. You are now Dan Pascuzzi. <laughs> I Gabby. genuinely think Gabby's going to win the game. That's my, like, I kind of okay. talked myself into it last week. This episode looked again perfectly like what I think what she needed. Um, especially if Christian's some- leaving. I'm going to give you something, and then I want you to just rebut it. Why is her episode three so bad? Where everyone is, like, so angry at Gabby for pulling off this blind side that she didn't really pull off. I don't know. That is the one. Her episode three, <laughs> if it didn't exist, she's the winner. I don't get the episode three. It's not even, like, bad enough to be, like, a super downfall either. Like, it's not enough to be, like, the pivot point. Um... That is the problem with her edit, is episode three. Um, I do think the saving grace there is that it's uh, it was clearly put on as Nick lying. Um, hmm. Nick, the person who, in our introduction episode, is shown kind of sketchy and weird for some reason. Very mixed tone. Uh, now he's going after poor innocent Gabby for what? Um, I think there's a chance that the reason that's there is to set up a Nick versus Gabby feud. Uh, which is, I think, going to be one of the main stories going into the merge. Uh, so they have to set that up. But they're clear to mention that it was Nick lying and give Elizabeth all the credit for it in the previous episode. Not all the credit, but a decent amount. Gabby does get enough credit for swinging the votes in that sand scene uh, where her finger's going through the sand and she's talking to Christian. Um, so Gabby does get credit for the Jessica boot. Not as much as Elizabeth, but a decent amount. And then we, in the next episode... Obviously, a lot of people are mad at her, but um, it's very clearly positioned as Nick is lying about Gabby, and Nick is kind of at that point anyway more villainous than he w- than a lot of characters we've seen. Um, so I do think there is a chance that it was purely to set up story where Gabby could prevail. Hmm. It's just 
And she wasn't negative. She was mixed in that episode. She was oh, mm. heavily mixed in that episode. Um, I, maybe I can see that. I have her as negative, but she is definitely very happy to win, mm-hmm. as she is. I think I see it. I I would be so happy if she won. I think it'd be very interesting. I just I wish she had more episodes like this one. I where agree. She is doing things that are her own agency. Um, I can't tell if from the beginning of the swap to here, it's a good arc or if it's not really enough. Like she starts out really downtrodden about her chances and then starts to build up into something. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if it was enough. I wish I would have seen like more Christian and Gabby on the beach. Cause they're obviously having those conversations. Mm. They're close, but we never see anything. And maybe that's a symptom of just them not having to go to tribal. I don't know. And this is actually an excellent point about the Gabby-Christian dynamic is this is actually another weird thing that's kept Christian's visibility down. Uh, We mentioned that Christian hasn't been as visible as it kind of seems. A big reason for that is a lot of Gabby's confessionals are just talking about Christian. And then, like, it'll be Gabby talking with shots of Christian. So that's not raising his visibility at all. Uh, It's Gabby. it's not... It's not reflected in the numbers. Yeah, I guess it's what we're trying to say cuz <laughs> just on an edgic standpoint. Yeah, so, so it's when we yeah. A lot of Christian's story is through Gabby's eyes and because of that I really think that we could be seeing more of that like goofiness, but I think instead they're giving us um Gabby telling us the story of how of Christian and how special he is to her so that when he leaves then she has that big ignite point because i don't like honestly i think christian's a like i think if christian won we would be seeing it way more from his eyes and less of gabby talking about how great christian is um i really think that it's a deliberate effort to make it the story of gabby being thankful for christian he almost seems like a like a sacrifice kind of thing um, for Gabby, and I think is very interesting. I don't think we've ever seen it before, where one tribe is just like she has an act, right? Like, like her act one is she was quite good on the David tribe. Uh, got in some danger when Nick lied about her. Plummeted onto a tribe where if they went to tribal, they went home, and so all she got so much content about how they have to win challenges. They can't be overconfident. They can't be anything like that. Like she got to articulate all that kind of stuff. She got to narrate the story, Christian. Um, I really do think this is the, like, it's almost like, cause like Gabby's almost as visible as Christian and it doesn't really feel like it because a lot of times she's talking about him and I just don't think that happens if she isn't there in the end and Christian isn't. I don't, I don't know. I, like I said, I really want to see it. I just, it feels so different. It's unlike anything. It is really unlike anything. And the way we've seen Gabby sort of neurotically play in this pre-merge, I'm I think she's, interested how like, that's... The thing is, has she been that neurotic? Because yes. I think they've backed up all of her fears, right? We get Dan, a character who is largely a cartoon, saying, yeah, Gab's going to go home if we lose, and I'm going to find an idol just to make sure she goes. It's a very cartoonish thing. And then you have the scene... But, like, that scene is put in there contrasted to Gabby crying and being like, I'm going to go home if we lose. It shows, I think it's showing awareness. I think it's very good for Gabby. Hmm. 
I don't know. She. I'm also thinking the episode two stuff where she's just so it's kind of paranoid. She gets that moment where Elizabeth confronts her and he's like, and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna vote me out," and Elizabeth did not want Jessica to vote Gabby yeah. out. Yeah, but. Gabby totally thought Elizabeth yeah. was voting her out, and it's this weird moment of paranoia that... That is, yeah. I, I agree. Like, she definitely... Like, to me, it's not like she's, like, number one with, like, a silver bullet. Like, she's winning. Like, I'm nowhere near as confident on Gabby as I was on Wendell last season. I'm, like, not even close. But, again, like, I feel like a girl's winning. When we go through our stories, she really does feel like she's on... Checks every box off. Like, she is socially awkward. Uh, she is definitely turning her strength into advantages. She's doing the David versus Goliath thing. She had now has a Goliath partner in Allison. Um, super empathetic. Uh, she's a girl. Like, she's a nerd. She's the nerd whisperer. Uh, like, there's so much good there for Gabby. She checks off literally every story. And, like, that's why I just feel like it's... I would feel super dumb if when she wins. Like, if she wins. I wasn't calling it, you know what I mean? Because it's so different than anything we've ever seen, and I think that's a good sign. Okay, I just... Uh, those There are reservations, mm-hmm. but I see it, and I, I she's, like, in that middle tier of people, I think, haven't had the greatest pre-merge, but they're not out of contention yet. She very so. much needs a huge, like, tone-shifting uh, merge episode. Is like, the big asterisk, you know what I mean? Like... Act two needs to come quick. Yeah, I I'm interested to see because right now we're being shown that the big merge characters are going to be people like Angelina, Christian, Alec, and I imagine Dan and Kara. But Gabby, I'm interested where she fits in and all that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not really sure where she's going to fit in, um, but she's got the story longevity that I feel like she's going to. I like. Gabby is the one person that gets contrasted to what I was saying earlier. I don't think there's a chance Gabby's not in the final five. Maybe mm. final six, but she's she's there on finale night, I think. And I think I don't know if I would be confident anyone else's. Maybe Kara. Not even Nick anymore. Oh, okay. Mm, I don't know. There's a couple, but I th- I might be more confident on Gabby. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Okay. There there's just... three who I can see. Gabby Kara. G- Gabby Kara and Nick make a lot of sense there. Not necessarily the final three, but, like, they're at, like, the end game. And I feel like this game is going to turn in a way that gets at least one of those people out really quick. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Definitely possible. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I think we've adequately sort of gone over how... Bizarre Gabby's edit is. Weird. Yeah, weird. Um, Speaking of that, like, middle group of people who sort of have a good edit, but it's gone somewhere weird... John Hennigan? What's happening to Johnny Nitro? <laughs> Where did he go? I don't... Maybe they just... Like, he's one of those people who I can totally see winning, but, like, what happened? Like... It's just, like, why are they... Why? Why did they... Why did they abandon Dan him? randomly now gets all the content that it feels like John should be getting. Um, yeah. For, like, without the setup. Like, I can't buy that Dan's gonna be a long-term candidate, but he's given the strategy talks and stuff it just feels like it should be john there but it isn't and like we we know he can say strategic things he's been strategic on the goliaths why why isn't he having any input on where this tribe's gonna go like you could reinforce this episode by him saying oh yeah gabby is going to be eliminated 
I think there is a and chance. Just have that lead into. This is, I guess, my like defense here. If I am right and Christian's leaving soon, it could be that John and Gabby work together, and that makes this whole thing weird. You can't have John being like <laughs> Gabby has to go. So right, but they're not close either. Maybe you don't actually have scenes of them talking really. Like you do have scenes of them talking, but not being like best pals. Um, because maybe they aren't pals until after Christian goes, and that's kind of where his story goes. Uh, for that, like, I still think he's there for a while. Um, I do think he's gonna outlive Christian too. Um, which gives him some longevity. I still could see him winning. It's just... It could be a weird Natalie A. edit, I guess, where he's, like, getting the edit off of Christian, which no one would have called that preseason. Yeah, and it would be more Natalie Anderson than Gabby would be, like, where he's quieter. Oh, well, yeah. Because Gabby's, like, super loud. Like, Gabby's something we've never seen before. John literally could just be getting the Natalie Anderson edit where now he's going to pop back up as a character. Yeah, because I think when we say Natalie A, like, we used it a lot last season incorrectly when we were like, Jenna is getting the Natalie A on a edit off of Stephanie. But, like, Jenna was so under the radar. Whereas, like, John has had content in the same way Natalie had content. It just wasn't strategically forefront mm-hmm. and center. And I think this is a much more receptive edit to that sort yeah, of Yeah, and thing. it actually makes a lot of sense. I just don't know... Like... They're both kind of over-the-top characters who went kind of over-the-top at the start, over-the-top at the start, vanishing a little bit in the mid-pre-merge, and then popping at the merge. Um, Like, if that happens, I think you have to put John back up at the top. I've lowered my, like, ceiling on him a little bit just out of, like, uh, he probably should be a little bit more visible, but I do think that could be what we're seeing. I don't know. It's just very weird, like... He got nothing this episode except, like, a weird, weird moment about, like, dancing. Like, it was so out of nowhere. Did you hear no, this? No, no, what was it? He, like, it was in the middle of all of Tiva's stuff, and he's, like, talking to Christian, and he's just, like, I don't know, he was talking about moonwalking and how... Oh, like, yeah, it's all about, um... Unex- like, how unexpected it is Misdirection. It's about misdirection. Yeah. I, th- I actually think I that's a good, like, that's a good line. <laughs> Um, like, but to be the uh, only line in an episode being like, the thing about moonwalking is really like good is misdirection because something that people say about Survivor a lot is it's all about misdirection. Um, that's the kind of like, like line that they throw into a person who is still kind of there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I actually forgot about that, but yeah, that was actually I, I marked that down. It's like, wow, that's a good moment on my little notepad. Hmm. Maybe the editors are finally getting meta, and they're like, "Look at us misdirecting you." Could be. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. He's not a top contender for me right now. Yeah, same. He's probably like He's fifth. Like, I think I have him fourth. Fourth might really yeah. Low on other people. Yeah, this episode did a lot to eliminate a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So I guess is that John? I don't. That's cool. John. Uh, so next up, we got Vuku. Um, they weren't super here this episode. It was kind of one note today, but um, let's start with Alec. I don't know the thing. I was surprised when you said you would do them in descending order of complexity. I would almost put Vuku behind Jabeni. A lot of when I was writing down stuff why they can't win, it's like four of the five are under edited. Yes. 
I think. So, I mean, I think my problem with Jabeni being the complex tribe is like Mike and Angelina. I don't think have talked on screen, and Nick and Angelina haven't talked on screen. Uh, that's not very complex, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we start with Alec. Wasn't in this episode. Didn't do anything in this episode. Uh, he's still not winning. Still not winning. He is very. He is the Libby of this season. Yeah. I think. Um. He will come back when he has big. Yeah. Wins, he but. well. He does have a story in that he views the Davids as just extra votes. He's a flipper. Um. I actually think he'll probably be a pretty important part of the season strategically. I think mm. like he he's either leaving like next or he's gonna be the big swing to the Davids. Um. I think he's part of yeah. it. I think. Like, he's... He, I think we'll see the Goliath try to get something Goliath strong next to He'll rat it out. Him and maybe Allison will be part of it. Yeah. And it'll be much more of a landslide than we And think. I think there is a chance that he's our guy who, like, a big blindside happens. Like, I don't know, say a big Goliath or something, or, like, Angelina or something goes. Which I guess would be a big Goliath, but... You know, say, like, say Angelina goes, and the votes, you're like, like, the whole episode's like, oh, obviously, Elizabeth is gonna go, and then Angelina goes, and it's just like, Alec puts up his vote, and you're like, he didn't even talk in this episode, but he flipped, what? I think he was a top candidate to be that guy. Hmm. The swing vote who doesn't get the CP content, you know? Because basically all we know about him at this point is that he has a good attitude and is a flipper. And he's good at Yes, and he's good in social. I actually think on the beach he's probably playing super well. Like, I think everyone loves this guy. Yeah. Uh, Just for whatever reason. Other than, I don't know if his move was that great. He survived. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We'll see. But that's Alec. Yeah, that's all we have to say about Alec. Carl also was not in this episode really other than being whiny. It was just... Did you think it was whiny? I don't know. It was very, like, both sides had a point. I think, honestly, um, this whole Elizabeth Carl Davy interaction was meant to be neutral on both sides. Um, or maybe even negative on both sides. I think this entire yeah. thing was a Kara hype piece. Um, yep. It was, look, Carl's kind of a hypocrite for being lazy and sleeping while people are working when previously preaching hardworkingness and Elizabeth is such a nagger is basically what um, they were saying. Uh, and look how bet how Carl benefits from it is basically what this episode was for this tribe. Yeah. I think it was a terrible yeah, look for so, Carl. I don't think there's a chance he wins. Yeah. It's just, it was weird to try to put into words why Carl isn't winning because he had a great string of episodes followed by two really bad ones. And, yeah, that's why he's not winning. Yeah. But. This is the one, like, last episode I was like, uh, don't think so because he's, like, a little, like, he was invisible, basically. Uh, this is the one where I'm like, oh, okay, so his story is that he's kind of a hypocrite, but not a huge hypocrite. I don't know where, I don't know where he's ending up post-merge. It's weird that he's in merge now. Yeah, he almost feels like what he should be pre-merge, huh? <laughs> he, honestly, if it's, like, if there's some rounds where it's, um, like, if it starts as, like, a Goliath group voting people out kind of like millennials first gen x or something where it starts tribes and then descends into chaos car prime candidate to be the yeah. david who gets voted out um i think if they decide to redo that twist where they split 
in the yes. two tribes for one round. He's a good Jenna. He's a great Jenna. He's a great um, if they do the actually I think because B quit they won't have to do that two in one hour boot. But maybe they will anyway if they are doing that twist. Um but yeah, Carl's a prime candidate to leave in that kind of spot. Like and <laughs> Yeah. Idled out or anything like that. Um the only thing is he does have that idol nullifier, which I do think he's gonna use properly. Oh right, yeah, that's important. <laughs> that's weird. Um I don't know. I think we'll that's see. gonna be his big moment, and then he may leave after, or I don't know, some like yeah, he has some plot armor, so I don't think it's gonna be next. But oh no, like a Carl merge weird. boot would be weird. <laughs> a lot of the audience would be like, "Wait, who?" Uh, that's not good for your <laughs> merge boot. But yeah, like he's gonna be around for a little while. I don't think he can make it to final six, so he's like, I would say twelfth to sixth somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and then in, like, right. two years, like, you'll mention Carl, and I'll be like, who? Mm, unfortunate. I don't think he's going to have a huge moment, really. Not not fan favorite no. game changer. Carl yeah, maybe Carl. he'll end up on <laughs> game changers, too. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about him. I just think, like, if there's a casting dud, it might be Carl. He just hasn't really provided anything. Uh, he was providing some stuff, but then... I feel like he stopped, and he yeah. doesn't have anything new. Like, I guess there's, so. like, I don't know. I Actually, I don't even think there is a chance he wins. Like, I still don't get what what was going on with that first couple episodes with him. I guess they just saw a captivating scene <laughs> with the, him crying about Jessica. But, yeah, I don't know. That entire group that was with Jessica is, like, doomed. I don't know. That's, like, a side story this season. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, I think the only other remaining member is yeah. J.B., who also, not really, well, like, I mean, he was more opposed to Elizabeth, but it wasn't a no, good look. it wasn't, like, at least he got to explain why, like, <laughs> Carl just got to say I was asleep, which. I think Carl is the one at the confessional that's like, Elizabeth is yeah, no-do-at-all, right, right. and I don't like no-at-alls. Davey you should have done this like, all day. I don't, and, yeah. So, I guess in a weird way, like, we were super high on Davey a couple of weeks ago. I still think he... I miss old Davey. Davey. He's kind of boring now. Um, <laughs> ever since he got on Vuku, and he's kind of just fallen off a cliff. Um, he had an amazing swap episode, and then nothing. Um, yeah. I guess there is still a chance he wins. He's probably like, like I would feel stupid if I just stopped considering him. You know? Um, no, like mm, after last episode, and this pretty one, close though. I just he's against the ropes. <laughs> um, I just then I don't get why they've been. <laughs> Like, building him so much. Like. I think he's a really captivating yeah. He's character. a good player, too. And I guess he just doesn't have anything to do right now. Uh, um, so, yeah. That's yeah, also Davey. Yeah, Davey just. And he kind of doesn't have a story he's anymore. another one. Like, that's the worst yeah. part. Like, he reunited with his buddy Carl oh, and nothing so happened. Like, they haven't talked yet. Yeah, the big thing about Davey is a lot of episodes we spent saying, okay, this is great, and, like, it makes sense as a first try, but he needs some relationships. And now here we are at Merge, and he has no relationships. Like Carl, but they haven't talked, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's Davey. Um. Another person I don't really know where to put in, I feel like that's this whole tribe. Is yeah. They're just sort of, except for Kara, but... Yeah. Elizabeth, too. Like, 
I don't even know her anymore. Like, she was serving some face this episode. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Elizabeth's winning chances are crushed as well. I agree. Like, this was not a good look. And her story's kind of gone, too. Um, like, I don't know. Like, she has something with... She's going to make a choice in some way of Alec and Kara, I think. Like, that is a story for her. Is she likes Alec, uh, but distrusts Kara kind of thing. Um... I don't know. That might have been a story for the service. It very Riku easily could have been. This is one of the like. It is a drama. story. It could one that could be one that just goes away. Um, but or she could be the one to bring Alec over. Um, in addition, she has the thoroughbreds with Nick, which is okay. Oh yeah, that's that's there. Um, but yeah, like this is a terrible yeah. episode because we didn't really get her side. You know what I mean? Like, it was a lot... It wasn't... It should have been fully... It should have, yeah. We could have... Like, like, you could have had the sad music going. You didn't. But she was shown as, like, with these, like, almost uncontrollable, like, facial... Like, faces she was making. And, like, that one scene where she's dragging this, like, long piece of bamboo and just, like, pushes Carl out of the way. Which was, like... Epic, but like not. She calls luck. them like complainers and whiny and or lazier. Like she, she calls them something and like gets called a know it all. Just a lot of a lot of not greatness, yeah. and especially like we didn't get a firm side. You know what I mean? Like we we got t- two parties yeah. fighting, and we weren't told which one was right. Like we leave this episode, and I'm not sure if Elizabeth was being irrational and like she didn't have time or if Carl and Davey were being irrational and she did have time. The episode didn't tell us and that's bad. Yeah. I think my ultimate feelings on Vuku is it was a lot of like these little relationships coming up, but they all sort of pale and fall away as it is just really like Kara sitting there eating her popcorn while the chaos mounts around her. So, and yeah, so I guess that brings us to Kara who incredible episode for Kara. Like, really, really good. This is exactly the kind of stuff that, if Carter's winning, that she needs. Uh, she would 100% yeah. be on my list. Yeah, especially... Of, like, probably third. I I have other problems. I still think that yeah. episode three, where she doesn't get anything... It's like, she has that episode three, where she's super under the radar for going to Tribal Council. And then, the next episode, she's, like, theoretically mm-hmm. really visible... But doesn't really have a lot to say when she goes to travel. Yeah, the Natalia boot up is really bad for her too. I think. I have seen people saying that her edit feels really crafted, which I that's why I think she's going deep, really deep. It's just weird choices. I think maybe (laughs) Kara. I have her eliminated right now, but I think like she might be the real third. Like my weird. weird comparison in my head is Kara is getting a crafted edit like Michelle uh, Fitzgerald but if Michelle didn't win like if Michelle lost to Aubrey is kind of what it feels like like if Michelle was the captivating losing finalist almost to me because hmm. we haven't got that cool like like and you're saying um, I can handle myself bro or anything like that like we haven't got anything like that yet like I don't think the popcorn is that moment um you know, like she did, she did help Angelina yeah, that one like, time. 
there's definitely a lot of positives and like there's definitely crafting in it like one million percent which is why i feel like she is in there way longer by something just doesn't seem like she's gonna win especially when natural social charm is her motif and that's getting dragged I'd be really surprised to see her as a losing Or even, like, Rob Goddess or something like that. Like, I think it makes sense. Like, fourth place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Same. I think that's all I have to say on Kara. Really, the only contender... Yeah, and this entire tribe is basically tribe. clear that it's just to make peace to, like, make Kara look good. Unfortunately. But... Yeah. That is what it is. Okay. And that brings us to our final tribe of the podcast... Uh, we got our ultimate David tribe in Jabeni. Um, and, I mean, they went to tribal. Uh, this was a big episode for Jabeni. Um, and so I guess we'll start off with um, Angelina, who had a pretty big episode. But a pretty bad episode. Um, but pretty bad, yeah. It was like, Angelina is too strategic. Um. Yeah, I mean, she was super charming in this episode. Like, again, like, I really loved a lot of her lines. Like, the bittersweet comment is super funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's such a good character. But, yeah, like, you could just see the, uh, like, the paint chipping as she's going full villain. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, she's a very charming villain, but she is definitely a villain. So, um... Yeah, I think I've completely fallen off my Angelina maybe winning that I had around episode three or four. Um, just too, like, villainous. Lots of negative moments. That could probably be ignored is, like, the big thing. Like, I don't think they'd have to edit her as yeah. a villain, necessarily. And they are. And so for that reason, I I, I have a hard time really considering her. I think she's going to be important, though. I do think she's going to be here for a while. I'm not sure. Now I really feel like she could be that merge boot if it's not going to be Christian in a surprise. But, um, yeah, I hope she's here for a while. I think she'll make an interesting merge villain. Much better than Kellen as far as of a uh-huh. villain she was. So, Yeah, Angelina's way more nuanced. Angelina's willing to work with the other side. Angelina's villainous comes from, like, her being kind of a villainous person. Like, a. <laughs> Yes. Like, and not like a mean way necessarily, but in a, like, people ha- people would love to see her get knocked down a peg a bit. Yeah. And that's a fun kind of villain. Yeah. Um... Like, winking at the audience style, and I think that's fun. Um, I feel like she still has a little story to go. I guess she doesn't really have a main story other than, like, the whole Girls Alliance thing. Um, that's really kicking right now, because, like, her and Mike aren't connected, her and Nick aren't connected. Um, so really, her hope kind of lies in, like, Allison, and I guess that's not super great. Um, so I guess I could theoretically see her leaving soon. I just think that she's gonna have, like, a second act. Yeah, I'm here for the merge where Allison, Gabby, and Angelina all team up. That would be pretty fun. Uh, it's hard to imagine, though, especially with her targeting mm-hmm. Christian and him being close to Gabby. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, you almost think it might make sense, though, in that, like, Angelina and Nick have been here forever, been here for two tribals uh, and everything, and haven't been shown as connected at all. I think that's kind of interesting when we have Nick also throwing Gabby under the bus. 
Uh, maybe that's an excuse for in like. Maybe that is saying that Angelina's not going to be working with Nick and is instead going to be working with that side. I really don't know, but I think that's something that's fun about this whole thing is that it is kind of hard to piecemeal together who is going to be together. Definitely. It it absolutely does not seem like a strict 7-6 split. Um, there's lots of cross-tribal things, which is really the goal of, I think, swaps, is you want it to mix it up mm-hmm. a bit. Um, that's kind of where Ghost Island failed is somehow beyond all the swaps and stuff, it still became Navidi versus Malolo. And I think a poorly timed swap can completely kill the momentum of a yeah. game. Uh, and a good swap can completely revive it. Uh, I think this is an example of a season where the swap did a good job uh, kind of reviving it. Um, whereas Ghost Island definitely killed it both times. Like, the minute anything interesting is about to happen, they flip it, and then so it's just enough that the Malolos keep getting picked off. Uh, so that is, I, th- I feel like that's the difference. It's like, you want a good time swap. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, for Angelina, like, my hope is that she goes, her villainous reign lasts a while, because I feel like this was like her breakout episode kind of thing, like... M- Probably the jacket was actually her breakout episode, but, like, the two in tandem was, like, a story of Angelina. Um, I really hope we get to see, uh, Angel like, the whole, like, if she's willing to do this for a jacket, what she's willing to do for a million dollars. I hope we're willing to see her do, like, some really crazy stuff in uh, uh, the goal of getting the million. Yeah, because I think with that scene where she, like, praises Nick at Tribal, we saw she has, like, skills intact. Like, she's willing to do stuff just for the sake of the game. Because maybe she does like Nick mm-hmm. a lot, but, like, obviously she's really trying to appeal to Nick and get him to vote with her, which worked. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how far she'll go. Yeah, I sincerely hope it's not next week. Uh, I don't really think it's likely. Um, a lot of people are comparing her to, like, RC, but RC had never gone to Tribal. And I really don't think they're very similar. Um, I th- and I think that's a big reason a lot of people are thinking she's going to be the merge boot. But maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, that's what I've been seeing a lot. I'm like, other than like vaguely looking somewhat like RC, I don't really see the comparison. Um, and she reminds me a lot more of like a Kellen who's going to be there in like 8th or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really see the comparisons with RC. It's hard to compare because Tandang is a completely like different yeah. story and i don't think in this case no one is really chomping at the bit to get angelina out agreed um so i guess that brings us to mike who had a really good episode i think yeah. um like if it wasn't for last week i would maybe be considering him um i feel like mike could last a really long time oh yeah for sure you think last week was a bad episode yeah, because I like last week. I feel like if Mike was our winner, he would be shown as the swing vote, not just guy immediately okay with voting out Natalie with no nuance. Um, I think, I think that like he definitely aired confe- like he definitely filmed confessionals, being like, "Ah, oh, I'm not sure. Should I do this or this?" I think that's what the winner would get in that moment, not just like I'm secondary to Nick. I agree with Nick. Uh, I think he was sort of shown like the tension really revolved around whether or not he was going to flip, like. Even though Angelina's vote was just phony, in her words, it 
before we saw that this episode, it really felt as though it really depended on what Mike wanted to do, whether he wanted to stick with Natalie to keep the Goliath strong or to flip and make the tribe a little more sweet and, I don't know, try just something. So, I don't know. I think it was okay for him. He's he's pretty high on my list because he's always been in that spot where there's nothing really to disqualify him, mm-hmm. but there's nothing great either. I guess you could say that maybe when Goliaths went to tribal council, he wasn't the greatest. Like I feel like they would have showcased a bit more that he had evaded being on the chopping block when he was pretty mm-hmm. low in the first two episodes. Um, but otherwise, it's been pretty standard. Yeah, like, I think, again, like, your point that you brought up of, like, could you make a winner's montage featuring scenes of Mike? I don't still don't think you could. Like, for the most part, his scenes are, like, kind of being the narrator or, like, he's kind of like the straight man in the, like, wacky tribe, you know what I mean? Like, we just get shots of him being like, wow, these people are wild. But, like, he's never really doing anything that particularly interesting. Yeah. Um, he's just very narratory, And I just don't think, like, he does have, like, the whole weirdness of, like, a lot of his lines keep getting subtitled. And, like, um, there's definitely deliberate focus to make him super big character thing. Like, more than he might normally get. Like, perfectly clear lines are being subtitled with Mike even in the first episode. Um, what do you you think about that because i i hear that a lot like a lot of lines are being subtitled and it's really weird and sporadic all over this season i i don't get it don't i almost feel like it's not it's so the data doesn't line up to anything so it's just weird choices by the editors i don't know i think it must be that they've found that the the most iconic lines or whatever are the ones that they've subtitled and maybe it makes people remember important lines better or something. Hmm. It's the only thing that, like, obviously sometimes people get subtitled when it's, like, unclear. Yeah, and I would think that's um, a traditional use, but there's not a lot of moments where, like, we talked about John's uh, dancing line and... Even when I listened to that twice, I couldn't understand it. Like, that's a time for subtitling, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. And I don't know what it means. It feels just very inconsistent and, like, whatever they feel, like, really driving home. Yeah. Well, it's, like, definitely, like, because in the past they've done this before. Like, I remember Jeremy Collins got a lot of his lines subtitled when it was perfectly clear. Like, there was, like, there's no, like, like the meat shield strategy thing was, um, got the subtitle. Hmm. I think when they really want to, like, to drive to the casual audiences, drive it home, like, this line's important later, um, they, they'll do that. But this season, you're right, like, a lot of time, it feels like, 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 a lot of Mike's quotes don't feel like they're super gonna be super relevant to the long-term story, um, but then they still get subtitled. Um, yeah, I'm curious like, just to see, like, even in Cambodia, like, how much other people's stuff got subtitled if it was really disproportionate towards Jeremy. Like, at this point, I just... It's obviously something that piques my interest. I'm like, oh, that's getting subtitled. Why is that? But I don't mm-hmm. want to attribute it to a winner because as far as I've seen, it hasn't paid dividends. 
Yeah, I don't think there's necessarily a giant correlation. It's just like I think if they want, yeah, if they want a big line to be remembered, yeah. maybe it's more likely that that person's a long-term character. If they're a long-term character, it makes them more likely to be a winner. But it's one of those things that it's there's an indirect connection probably, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Mike, the weird thing is like we still have like his stories that he's there. He's different than normal super fans because he's just there for fun. He doesn't need the money. Um, and it's weird because right now he's kind of in like a duo with Nick where he's kind of the beta. But like in a way, like you could see them as kind of equal partners. Um, he does have like we have seen him be close with John in the past. Um like I feel like there is a lot of um ways his story could go and he has a story. I still don't get why if he's our winner his first episode looks like that cuz seems like it was actually it didn't matter at all and he's actually quite ingrained in the Goliath tribe. Yeah, it's interesting that now he's in an alliance with Nick who has the same problem where it's super mm-hmm. bad episode 1 and has really risen out of it to a good spot. So yeah, I'm that is very curious. I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, like maybe I I guess things to watch out for are maybe if that gets brought up that they were both supposed to be the first debut and they got a second chance or something. Uh, that hasn't come up for Mike yet, but that's been like Nick's narrative that he's brought up a couple times. Um yeah, I really think, for me, like, I just, I don't, I can't imagine Mike winning. I really do think, like you said, like, he doesn't really have anything to disqualify him. But similar, again, to Dr. Mike, a uh, character in Triple H, I, that's just still exactly how I see his edit. Like, Yeah, I think I've seen people saying, oh, this merge is, like, free of goats so far. And, yes, they have time to develop, but... If you look at Mike and try to put him with any other two people in the final tribal council and say that he's the one going to get votes, it's kind of hard to do, I would say. like. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that Mike is in there in the end with not a real chance to win would be, I think, where I'm putting him, like probably like in the top five. Yeah, because it's really easy to be like, oh, you're a screenwriter and have lots of money already like and i hope that's not what people are valuing their vote on which like record it in the annals of history that i am saying people should not vote a certain way but they should i in my opinion like i i'm very much like people can vote for whatever they want i prefer strategy obviously i don't i honestly don't think person's net worth should factor into it because then it's like i don't know some people have like a wild difficulty winning like i really feel like that's the one thing that i wish would just be not super considered yeah i think that's a fair one because even if you do the proper jury management and you find out someone wants to vote on those lines like the best you can do is try to take the other two richest people with you which isn't always Mm -hmm. really easy yeah it makes the game just kind of like weird and impure i don't like when it's outside factors like um I don't know. I, I I like when it's things in the game determine like your relationships in the game. If people just like you more, that's cool. If it's like 
people don't like you, but they don't want to vote for the person that they do like because they have money or whatever. Like, stuff like that just kind of, like, tampers with the kind of integrity of the game. Uh, and as long as the jury vote isn't doing that, then I don't really, like, I'm fine with any vote. Obviously, I prefer the strategy votes normally. But, um, yeah, like, you just don't want the weird metagame of the rich people have to band together and destroy the poor people for any chance. Which is great TV. That's what the American public yeah. <laughs> wants to see right now. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that's that's about it on I my... guess in that case, watch out for the Mike John. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know who else would... Allison? Who else would, yeah, Allison trio uh, marching their way to the end. On to Nick. Honestly, maybe even Christian, oh. who's somehow a David, but whatever. Yeah, yeah on to Nick. Uh, hmm, this was, Nick is one of the people who's left that I'm seriously considering, but this was not a good episode. No. And I, I've been able since, like, I guess last week, to explain away his bad episode one, which a lot of people are really getting stuck on. They're like, why is Nick shown as lazy? I think I would ask them to try to re- re-explain that episode in a way that doesn't portray Nick as lazy and mm-hmm. still have it as captivating, I guess. Um, and I think that's also helped by this episode's interactions with Carl, where he doesn't necessarily look like super hypocritical, but there is a note of it. Um, but yeah, this episode, whereas I said maybe last episode Mike did have that swing vote thing going for him, Nick doesn't really look like a swing vote. He looks very firmly in the camp of Lyrsa until he's Yeah, not. he. this is the second episode in a row where he said he's voting one way and then ended up voting another way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is bad. Um, it's what Michael Yerger got, and that's what tipped me off. I was like, why? And mm-hmm. I guess I'm not doing that. I mean, I want to, but then I'm like, who am I considering? Christian? Like, that's... That also feels wrong. So, yeah, I don't know. For me, Nick is like one of those people who, like, I think I'll always be considering. Um, there is some like leftover weirdness. Like episode one, Lyrsa is one of the people who is like gung ho about getting Nick out, um, and that just didn't show up on Jabeni at all. Um, and Nick was pretty okay with going after Lyrsa too on that tribe. Like they kind of had this rivalry built. And then on this tribe, it just didn't come up. He let, like, she left with his last confessional being he's standing by her, um, which is just totally very strange. Um, I don't know if they were just going for, like, hashtag blindside, and that's the only way to edit it. But it kind of reminds me of the Adam Klein figgy moment, but, like, Adam Klein got the credit for flipping it, and Nick didn't. Um, See, and... I think they did a really good job this episode of showing how, like, it's two sides sticking together and then having each side try to pull one person and it almost looking like that person they pulled was both flipping. Um, Mm -hmm. But while they really, really focused on Mike, how he was really considering it, they could have done the same thing with Nick, especially since he did do it. And why? Why did they not do it? Yeah, like, maybe they're, like, because obviously... Their top priority is editing an episode that is shocking and interesting for people to watch. And then their second would be, like, making sure any long-term stories make sense. Um, Because a lot of people will just tune in for one episode and things need to make sense for them. This is an episode where 
maybe you can excuse away Nick's, um, like, in my opinion, lack of clarity by that, that, like, just the small amount of people, like, made it so it's like, oh, Mike ended up getting him out. And we do know that Nick's priorities are um, working with Goliaths because David can't win without a Goliath, all that kind of stuff that he brings up. Um, so hopefully that is the case. It is bad that he got so much anti-Angelina content, and then he voted with her, and yeah. she got a scene, like, talking him up at Tribal, and then he votes with her. Like, that looks bad. Yeah. Oh, but that leaves me so clueless. I don't know what to do. So, my take, I really think that Nick is gonna lose in the end. Hmm. I think he's our Russell. Not to that extent, but I think... I think, maybe not necessarily in the end, but... He's on finale night, in my opinion. He's one of those locks. And he's not winning. Is kind of where I'm at. But he still has, like... He's probably still, like, on my contenders list. But, like... I think he's more likely to be in finals not winning than in finals and winning. Yeah. I think he's, yeah, like, I think he's more likely to be a final tribal council loser than winner. Yeah, I can see that. And then that explains, like... um. Like, his argument will be, like, I should have died episode one, blah, blah, blah. And then a bunch of this jury is going to be, like, well, you were lazy. Uh, we know a lot of people don't like lazy people. Maybe it's just to explain why he doesn't get votes. Um, I don't know. I think it's a possibility. Uh, but I also think he can win still. Like, I really do. Um, he continues to get so many winner quotes. Um, it's almost obnoxious. He's super charming. And I, he's, like, an archetype that I kind of have a hard time seeing lose a jury vote. But at the same time, Ryan lost a jury vote, so it's super hard to say. I could see, because I guess the one thing we haven't touched on is how, like, present in the edit he is. He hasn't had a tiny episode yet, I would say. Mm. I believe he's the most visible character. He could be, like, our Brad or our Ken, who Mm -hmm. really quiets down in the merge, and that'll really sort of cement him as someone who's not winning. Um and like Ryan followed the same trajectory, like yeah, I definitely think if he quite if he doesn't have a big merge episode, I don't think you can really consider him. Um, and I think we do need his mixed episode one to come back up in some way in the next episode for him to win. I think he needs to reset his narrative of I should I I was gonna be the first boot, but now I'm at the merge. I'm here to like kill this game. I learned from my mistakes, something like that, and then he can be back in, but. If he doesn't comment on that, I feel like it's going to be a hard road for him to get there. Yes. Yeah, another person who needs a definitely strategically strong merge. Yeah. I mean, it's always the case that people need a present merge, really, but... Yep. We like, the most important episodes are the, like, the premiere, the swap episode, and the merge episode. Um for for everybody but then like there's some people who it's like especially super important you know what I mean? like yeah with nick we need to touch on previous story bits and go from there and i honestly i could see this just being like a similar to last season where it was just like dominic uh chris noble i could see this easily being like a nick gabby christian episode of just like all their connections forming and mapping together and all that stuff because there's a lot of, like, unresolved story just in those three people that really needs to be, like, fleshed out. Um, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, like right now, if I was to like bet money on it, I would say Nick is losing in the end. Yeah, I I guess it just leaves me with with no one, and like I said at the beginning, I'm real real confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to be, right? Yeah, I'm I'm very happy for it. Um, let's move on to the Catman, Lyrsa. <laughs> Poor Lyrsa, like. I think she had two stories. One was, I'm not the weakest on the David tribe. And the second, I don't like Nick. And I don't think either really turned out great for her. Um, She has her jacket still. Yep. But, like, it's super weird to me that in the first episode, she wanted Nick gone. um, Because she didn't like him. But then, and that's, like, the main character that we get to kind of comment on anti-Nick. And then in this episode, she's like, no, I'm going to rocks for Nick. Um, very strange to me. Um, yeah. Really the hallmark of an edit that doesn't matter in the end. And yeah. like, I, I like Lyrsa, but as very much a last boot before the merge edit. Yeah, like, I kind of thought she would, I don't know, I kind of I thought she would leave earlier. Um, just because her story after Elizabeth saved her was honestly done, and she didn't really have anything else to do. Um, and so her content was a little weird. It was just all about the jacket, basically. Um, (laughs) it was basically just commenting on what's happening right now. Um, yeah, there's a very, like, it was a very immediate edit. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's not a whole lot about her that's going to matter long term. Like her content was largely about Elizabeth being willing to stand up for her friends, I think, um, and make flips and stuff. Mm-hmm. not really about anything Lyrsa did. She's almost Natalie-esque in that way, where her saving herself content wasn't her saving herself, it was Elizabeth saving her. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of... I don't think we can extrapolate much from her, other than, again, this is another person who is loyal to their tribe who got voted out and blindsided. Um, which, again, I think the whole, a David can't win this game without a Goliath, and vice versa, theme comes up. Um, she wasn't considered, like, Angelina goes to her, Goliath extends the olive branch, Lyrsa turns it away, Lyrsa goes home. I think that's going to be a pattern we see a lot. Yeah, for sure. I think more and more it's becoming more prevalent that you shouldn't be sticking to tribes. And I don't remember if this was so, like, strong in Ghost Island. Oh, it was not. It was, like, I think there was a very positive tribe loyalty, uh, theme. Yeah. Whereas, like, in Millennials vs. Gen X, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, like, like our, our biggest characters, like David Wright and stuff, are like, listen, I'll vote on my entire tribe if I have to. Like, Millennials vs. Gen X had a huge, like, it's not about your starting tribe at all. It's about making bonds with new people based on your shared interests and stuff like that. Um, and this season's so much more like that storytelling-wise, which is why I do think we're going to get this hodgepodge of alliances flipping a lot. Um... So I think this is going to be a fun merge for that reason. Like, yeah. Because all these tribal loyalty people are being kind of like char- caricaturized and kind of like vlogged, um, it makes me really optimistic that this is going to be a strategically very fun merge. Yeah, we want to inject the spirit of Hannah Shapiro back into this game and get all those trust clusters going. Yeah. We don't need, but we don't need Hannah. We have Hannah, like, we have Hannah Prime. Hannah Aubrey Prime, <laughs> and Gabby. Oh. 
Uh, do you have anything else to uh, say farewell to Lyrza? I personally didn't really like her as a character either. Like, I thought she's kind of one note. Um, but I know yeah. a lot of people really loved her, and a lot of people thought she had a chance. And I, huh. I that's that's an interesting take. Like, she had those two invisible episodes in a row, and yeah. it's like out the door. Yeah, I really didn't ever think there was a chance she was making the merge. Um, and I think you, you're really right when you said all her content was very present-focused or mm-hmm. the past. Nothing. There were never any connections being built for the future, except for maybe Elizabeth, but you saw that play out. And Yeah, that's the thing. is like Elizabeth saving her basically buried her chances of making the merge, I think. Because they didn't really get content of them like working together long-term. It was like... It was a very strange duo setup, and that yeah. it was very immediate. Um, so yeah, like this is exactly the kind of thing that I think, like this is the kind of low key edit that goes home pre merge where there's just no, while she has connections, they're not. There's no reason for them to come back. Like, yeah. like Christian, like Nick and Gabby have a reason to connect again because they have bad blood. Uh, Nick and Christian have a reason to come back together because they love each other and there's nuance. Lyrsa and Elizabeth don't because that part already happened. Like, she proved... Lyrsa's, the reason Lyrsa wanted to stay and the reason Elizabeth saved her is because she wanted to prove that Lyrsa wasn't the weakest person on David. It wasn't because they had this super amazing connection. It was... Lyrsa's Lyrsa's story was, I'm not the weakest one. She proved that story's over and then she managed to survive, like, three more votes, so... I don't know. That's, I think, the big difference if you're wondering, audience, like, if you're, like, looking at a group of low-key people, it's like, "Mm, which ones are gonna die, which ones aren't? The ones who were very immediate-focused, they're gonna, they're not gonna make it. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll move on to our predictions. Who, who is winning this season? I'm all in on Gabby. (laughs) I really, really am. A lot of, for what we've been talking about, of, like, the other people who make sense don't make sense for some reason. Um, and so I'm willing to take the chance on the strangeness. Um, the biggest thing for me is, like, we just talked about with Nick. Um, I feel like Nick would look a little different if he won. Um, and the people who I see making finale are, like, Gabby, Nick, uh, probably John. And that's, like, a group that makes a lot of sense to me. Um... And of that group, I think Gabby looks the most like she would look if she was the winner. Um, with maybe John as a consolation there. Uh, but in addition to that, she's been on both complex tribes. It's only her and Christian who's done that. Um, I do think... I, I can't get over the fact that I think Christian's leaving soon. Because um, obviously if Christian... Two weeks from now, Christian's still there. I think he's probably just... This is just the coronation story of Christian. But, I don't know, I just, I don't think this is the story they would tell us of Christian one. It's just two in your face. Um, and to me, it just looks a lot more like one of Christian's allies is going to win, which basically leaves my contender's pool of, like, Gabby, John, Nick. But I, Nick, again, has that weirdness where I think he's more likely to be losing finalist. John had this super weird episode. That honestly basically just leaves me Gabby. And then, on the flip side, I'm considering Kara, who's not connected to that. Uh, so that's my group of people is like Gabby, Kara, John, Nick. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that's a big problem with Kara right now is that if you look at how things are going to go, it 
very much feels like an outlier is Kara, who isn't isn't connected to any of those people. Like I also have Mike in that group, and mm-hmm. she's still not connected to that. I mean, it's really that Vuku group who also doesn't look like uh, end game people. So, um, I think I'm gonna go with Christian. I think in a field of everyone looking somewhat bad, I'm going to go with the most standard. And I think that's Christian in that his flaws are just that it's very present, but it doesn't necessarily look bad. I guess Mm -hmm. he is a little over the top at times, but they might just be milking it for what it's worth. Um, After Christian, who knows? I would have five people just floating around there. It'd be Nick. Mike, John, Gabby, and Kara. I think everyone else is pretty low, far before that. But yeah, the only other person who maybe I could still see is maybe Davy still has a chance. Uh, if we were supposed to read that him and Elizabeth thing a little differently, I don't think so. But yeah. he'd be like really the last person I'm considering at all. Um, yeah, because like Allison's not winning, Dan's not winning. Alex not winning, Carl's not winning, Elizabeth's not winning, Angelina's not winning. I don't think Mike's winning, which leaves a kind of small group of people, but they're all, in my opinion, very even in terms of, like, chances. Yeah. It's, like, six or people. It's... You could tell me any of them. Like, like I could, like, read, like, like Fortune Teller could tell me any of those six people is winning. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. That's so obvious, you know? Like, yeah. And it, it makes it really interesting in discussions, I feel, because you have people who are just seeing the light on one specific mm-hmm. person and totally discount other people. And that's really interesting to watch. Like, you have people who are like, Kara just locked it up with this episode. Yep. And how are you guys still considering Nick? And, yeah, it's just super interesting. Even if not everyone well, – you can't consider everyone. I guess you have to realize that mm-hmm. some people are not going to – get winning edits at all but it's nice to have a handful um especially when they are like there's different reasons for all of them to win yeah i think it's totally which a is, battle a battle of like what do you value more when mm-hmm. you're looking for a winner and yeah like for me i'm just i'm hoping it's not christian because that would make it like everything less fun because like then he's that guy that should have been like it's like it's not fun when like the reason people aren't considering him is because it's kind of a not the greatest story to just have this guy's the best and everyone loves him the entire way uh isn't a super fun story so like if it's christian i'm like that's my one like groaning moment i guess is like if it's christian that means that the reason things didn't like like for me i would feel like the reason i didn't peg him as the winner is because it was too in your face and that's a little like it was too on the nose like sometimes i have a little too much faith in uh, survivor sometimes yeah but even thinking about Ghost Island at this moment, like you had like Dominic and Wendell battling it out, um, Kellen support, Laurel support, Donathan support, but even those are markedly lower. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, like there is a possibility that like Christian and like Christian is significantly, like we mentioned, less visible than these other people. Uh, I just think that the amount of times people talk about him is more Golden Boy than Winner, but. I definitely could also be very wrong. All right. So that's our winner portion. Uh, next up, who's leaving next? Who's our merge boot? Hmm. 
Uh, I think that's one thing we haven't really talked about is how there's usually like the merge boot edit and it's not happening this season early. It feels like there are a lot of people who could potentially have that, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like no one really fits into it easily. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say Angelina. I'm going to say Christian or and this is my, my uh, Christian or Elizabeth. Uh, hmm. That'd be wild. But yeah, <laughs> I, I can see a lot of them, yeah. Dan, too. Dan kind of looks like a merge boot. Well, yeah, we were totally expecting, like, Dan to be that stupid merge boot. But mm-hmm. I kind of think that's not what we're getting. I think he might be there a little longer. Yeah. He's still going to get the stupid edit. It's just maybe not the stupid merge boot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stupid second juror. He's going to reunite with Kara. And, yeah, oh, I could see him, like, win a challenge or something and then... But yeah, I think yeah, like this is one where obviously the whoever leaves is gonna have a huge impact on what else happens. Um, yeah. So next episode's gonna be super important and all that jazz. Um. So yeah, that is our show. Uh, as always, you can visit us at thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. There is a contact form there if you want to send us something. Or you can email us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. No S. Um, New episodes come out on Saturdays or Sundays. Uh, We share them on our Survivor or our Edgic, um, both of those subreddits. Or you can catch us on any and all major podcast catchers. Uh, Please let us know if you're not on there. so I would assume if we're already six episodes in and people haven't done that already, we're good, but who knows. Um, reviews on iTunes, if you would, also known as Apple Podcasts, but literally everyone calls it iTunes still. Um, and yeah, when we post on SoundCloud, we'll have show notes in the description. Um, I don't know, maybe we can toss our edgex up there. We haven't done that yet. Um, and anything else we find important. So yeah, we are ready for what is hopefully an exciting merge episode and a merge to come. Pray for good merge. Pray for good merge. We'll see you next week. Peace.